Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children, stop walking on eggshells, and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. Hi everybody, it's Megan Thompson with Megan Thompson Coaching. I'm here to talk about why we are, why sending your child to a therapist might be putting a Band-Aid on the problem. Um, this is a hard topic for me to talk about because I'm a therapist, right? (laughs) And also a parent coach. So it's, it's, um, it's important to me. And it's been something that I've been like swimming around in my head. It's a huge frustration that I, that I deal with in my work and for a lot of parents who call me, but it's been a theme in the last several calls of parents who've signed up to work with me in my boot camp where their child's already in therapy or they've worked to find the right therapist and that's not been effective. And so I really have felt compelled to bring this to your attention because um, working with highly sensitive children as a professional is such a nuanced job that a lot of the time parents end up finding a therapist that does not know what you're talking about. Um, You end up really struggling with this because you drop your kid off for therapy and there's a huge problem with that. Um, and I'll get into the, some of the logistics around what to do to, to address some of this. But the, the biggest struggle that I see lots of parents deal with is that when you drop your kid off, you're, you're basically wishing and hoping that the relationship the therapist builds with your child heals the relationship that that you know is broken, which is the one between you and your kid. And that leaves you with, um, I mean, a, a hope and a prayer at, at some some point, waiting a time, you know, month after month for success or for some, some progress. And, and therapy takes a long time. And so um, it's, it's really important to make sure that you find the right therapist and that the therapist knows what they're doing with highly sensitive kids. Because without that, you can end up waiting for months or years even um, dealing with this sense of like being a sh- parent because you get the message that, oh, well, you know, your kid's a perfect angel in my office. What are you talking about? Or, you know, the school is saying they're a perfect angel. What are you talking about? Um, or the therapist is giving you lots of suggestions of what to do, what strategies to use at home or just implement more structure or manage, you know, chores more effectively or hold your child accountable. And you leave being like, WTH, do you understand the, the b- massive amounts of struggle that I deal with on a day to day basis, just trying to get my kid to brush her freaking teeth, um, let alone, you know, cleaning up after him herself and and running through the the weekly chores and things like that a lot of therapists don't know what they're what they're doing with highly sensitive children and don't even understand the concept of the personality and that's one of the big reasons why I branched out into coaching uh, because I believe it's my duty to share 
the struggles that parents have and help parents nationwide and um, eventually down the road, a hint, hint, train more therapists on what to do and what, what works. Um, but I have big lofty goals of what will be effective and because I know what I do is effective. Um, but I have to pace myself with a t- parenting, parenting a toddler um, and running a private practice. So with all of that, I really think it's important for, for you to know that I know how frustrating this is for you and that it makes sense that you're stuck in the situation and trying to figure out what to do next when you're getting the message that it's all your fault or that it's all your kid's fault. Um, the the list goes on and, and all of this shame and blame that just gets perpetuated by sending your child to individual therapy. If your child is, if your kid's therapist does not know what to do with highly sensitive kids, it really the efforts and to be quite frank are, are futile. Um, I, I get this a lot of the time in my private practice. I have parents who call me up and, and their kids been going to therapy for like three years. Um, and the therapist is like at a plateau or um, they've, they've only come so far, but they're still dealing with meltdowns on daily, weekly basis and, um, or pediatricians offering medication um, at this point. And, and there's lots of factors that go into whether or not those are solutions for your child and your family. But what I think is really heartbreaking for me and, and why I feel the necessity to, to get on here tonight to talk about that is that, a lot of this is is based on the the misunderstanding of the struggle of what gets to the root of the problem for highly sensitive kids and and helping them um not only therapy but also helping parents manage that as um as a parent coach i i offer offer support for that um and and one of the big things is that you need that support alongside your child and i have to kind of backtrack a little bit because I'm rambling and I do that when I get a little bit passionate. But um, I've been there as a therapist before I knew what I was doing with highly sensitive kids, even though my sister's highly sensitive. So you'd think that I would have known before I went to school and learned about high sensitivity um, after school. I mean, we don't teach, they don't teach that in grad school. Um, They don't even teach how to specialize in grad school for Pete's sakes. Um, So where am I going with this? Um, I was that therapist taking the kid into my private practice, into my, or not in my private practice, into my office, working in an agency and letting the parents sit out in the lobby and being like, our relationship will heal this, this situation and give parents tips every little, every couple of weeks or whatever. Um, it could be that I'm not catching that on the technology. So I'll try and pull that up while I chat. Um, but with that, I came to the realization that that was not helping my, the families that I work with. It, it basically sends the message that your child is the problem, um, which is, we know is not the case, right? I talk about this all the time. Your child is highly sensitive. Your child is not broken. And that is something I hold in my heart and am firmly a huge believer of that. But unfortunately, before I knew what I knew, um, I, I didn't, I wasn't doing that. (laughs) Uh, I was sending the message to your child that they were the ones that, that needed the support. They were the ones that needed to build the skills, but highly sensitive children respond more effectively when their parents are more directly involved in therapy or more directly involved by getting parent coaching while their child's in individual therapy and putting 
sending your kiddo to therapy, dropping them off to the session, you know, saying, you know, I hope things go well. What'd you talk about on the app afterwards, having your child say, I don't know, or we played or whatever, depending on their age and, and whether or not the, the therapist is skilled in, in working with children, um, then you end up feeling like, well, I hope this is going to work. You know, I hope think hope there's some shifts, mental shifts going on in that big, beautiful brain of yours. Um, and then another week rolls by and you're like, WTF, that was like 700 meltdowns. What is going on? Um, is this, you know, does the therapist know what I do it, what I'm, what they're doing? And, and the, the struggle with that, and I have to be frank, is that if your child's therapist is not pulling you into sessions, then they probably don't know what they're doing with highly sensitive kids. And, and this is a tough thing for me to say, because I, like I said, I'm a therapist. I love, I love teaching therapists. I love my profession. I and it's also true that we are not taught to specialize in grad school. We are not taught to um, to to learn how to how to manage that. We are taught to help people who need help, and that's the big message that a lot of grad schools purport. And as a result, um, we become bleeding hearts, help everybody in their doors. And as a, with that said, um, it leads us to to need to accept everybody because we worry that that. Nobody else will help these families and or adults, whatever, um, who's coming into the door. And that doesn't help therapists specialize. So uh, that's a soapbox for when I eventually train therapists. But um, and when I, you know, I teach that when I work with with my supervisees and things like that. But for you as a parent, it's really important for you to recognize that you're you have the opportunity to find a therapist if you need if you feel like your child needs that. Um who specialized it specializes in a working with children, but B knows what they're talking about when you mention my child is highly sensitive. Um, because if they don't run away, like that just, it's just not, it's just not worth it, but it, it will just take forever. Um, they might be an excellent therapist. So I'm not like knocking clinical skills here. I can't do that over Facebook. Uh, I'm not going to be able to evaluate anybody's clinical skills over Facebook, but I am on a soapbox in this respect because you deserve that support. You deserve support where the therapist is not going to say it's all your fault, you know, or send the subtle message that that it's all your kid's fault by pulling them into sessions forever. Um, and so what, what does help? Okay. I'm going to try and narrow it down because of the, I have so many things going on in my head about this but number one you need to be in therapy with your kid like you need to be in the session that's a non-negotiable so whether the, the therapist needs to build that relationship with your child it really is that the therapist um that's that needs to be a, a, a decision by the therapist as well as your child's needs and an assessment completed um with your input in mind so that's number one um, because you your highly sensitive child is not going to be able to generalize the skills taught in therapy without you being able to follow up on that. So that is an unnegotiable for me. I do not do one-on-one -on -one individual therapy with highly sensitive children anymore um, for long periods of time because it's it's just ineffective. Uh, it takes too long. I mean, I shouldn't say it's ineffective. It just takes too long. And you guys are suffering. Parents are suffering um, with these crazy Jekyll and Hyde meltdowns. Um, you know, not to say that your child's crazy, but like it's just maddening and that's too much. It's, it's just way for way too much. Um, number one, number two, 
you need to have strategies to make feelings fun. And, and that's a big thing that I teach a lot with, with my parents, whether that's in private practice or um, in my boot camp, is that we work on not only talking about feelings when your child is like on the edge <laughs> of that ledge ready to jump off or has already jumped off and you're spending like an hour at night just listening to their bleeding heart and trying to wrap them up in a neat little bow so that they go the F to sleep. Um, and, or, um, when they're overwhelmed, I mean the 700 million other times. So it's, it's really important to recognize that if you're not regularly engaging in activities that make feelings fun and part of the part of day to day life, that that is a huge deficit in how you are helping your child identify emotions and beat shame. And that shame is key for highly sensitive kids. Play therapy needs to be a big thing um, because highly sensitive kids, especially, but all children learn through play and highly sensitive children need that barrier or buffer to learn through their, uh, their experiences without feeling like they have to talk about what's going on. They need to have that opportunity to play effectively um, to, to manage their own emotions and to experience the opportunity to try something new and, and manage frustration in a new way without having to talk about it and then practice at home. Um, so play therapy is a big, is a big, um, a big one for me to, to make sure that you have a therapist who's trained in play therapy. Um, I'm trying to think of what else would be important. Um, I mean, if you have a, a unicorn, like a play therapist who's trained in, in dialectical behavior therapy and play and um, play therapy like me, then, then that, um, that'll really be a huge kicker for you. But um, those are really few and far between because their DBTs is a more adult, adolescent adult type therapist um, type therapy versus with kids. Um, but <sighs> using nonverbal means of communication is going to be key for highly sensitive kids because they can talk and talk and talk and talk about it until they're blue in their face, or they can avoid, 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 avoid if the therapist is all the therapist is doing is talking. Um, and that's what really takes a long time. Um, the avoidance can come out through just not talking at all, keeping it zipped, um, or um, just touching the surface and thinking everything's sugar plums and raindrops and therapy. And then that's why where you get the perspective that your kid is, is perfect angel. And you know, why? Um, why? Why are they really struggling at home? So biggest thing that's important to, to recognize and I've I've learned as I branched out into parent parent coaching as a, as a therapist too is that there's like two schools of thought one like if you're a coach don't say anything about being a therapist because that could leave you liable for being sued but then the other piece is like I am this person who's 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 you know I'm a parent coach and a therapist so I can't like not be a therapist and a parent coach but when I coach I, I make sure parents know that I'm not their therapist um, but that's like more of an individual <laughs> conversation. But when I talk out in the world, I mean, it's pretty clear I'm not doing therapy over Facebook, but it's, uh, or at least I hope so. Um, but it's, it's, it's really weird for me to keep that separate. I mean, I think it's hugely important for parents to, if you feel like your child could need additional support to get them that support, 
Um, and it's also true that you probably need that support too. And if you're not getting it from your kid's therapist, then there's other options, you know, reach out for support for me or, or find, um, find somebody else who can, who can give you that, that extra help. Thanks for joining me for this episode of how to parent your highly sensitive child like a ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in hearing more about how to eliminate the meltdown cycle, I invite you to check out our free masterclass where we cover the five steps our clients use to eliminate the daily meltdowns. You can register for the next training at meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. That's the number five S-T-E-P-S meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. Have a great day.